Hi, my name is Sean Cullen, and you are now at showbizmonkeys.com. Hey, don't swing your poo. Around this town, I'm alright. Around this town, I'm alright. I mean, no consequence when you're playing with the fire. Kind of the first run through of the whole show is an hour. Okay, yeah, that I've been able to get done. I've done you know all of the material, but never at once. So I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking forward to that to be kind of the dress rehearsal and opening, and then the royal. I'm trying to get a lot of people into. You know, right? No, because I've I've seen you workshopping the material around the uh, the the city. Yeah. So how much in your uh, your process is their their prep versus improv because you're quite known for improv. I can improvise well, but the thing is, I think you have to have a, a solid base of material to improv from. Like you have to have a platform, and then you can depart from it, and hopefully it'll be humorous for people. I yeah. think you can't just go out and just meander around. I think they expect a certain amount of you know prepared stuff. That's very nice of you. Well, it is nice. I mean, people pay money for for shows. You want them to get... Not that improv isn't a a standard thing, a a real thing. No, you're very highly regarded in that. I would be disappointed for one if I didn't see you go off on a tangent. So, you know, it's just been trying to get an hour together, a new hour. I wanted to have a whole new hour of material, so I've been doing so many... Seven minute, ten minute, fifteen minute slots all over the city for the last few months, and finally, I think we're kind of ready to go. I'm very excited to see it because it's it, it's not so often I get to see how the sausage is made before the full hour. Well, there's going to be a lot of sausage for sure. Yeah, I think um, you have such a I don't want to say weirdly diverse background in performing mm. that I I this seems like such a cliche to ask a comic off the top but like who are the people that made you want to do this because i feel there's probably some comedians in there but i'm interested if there's like painters or well i uh, love all kinds of performance and and art and uh, you know writing i love uh all kinds of things but i when i was a kid i guess watching monty python i loved monty pythons because they were mm. really smart acted like idiots and i thought that was a great formula you know to be so superior in in intelligence and then choose to hit each other with the fish or you know just the strangest things they would come up with when i when i was a 10 my dad let us watch saturday night live when it Mm. first came on i remember the advertisements for the first show was hosted by george carlin and the Muppets were on it. And, you know, for me, my seminal, what my first kind of conscious I'd like to do that was John Belushi and Bill Murray and Steve Martin and uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, you know, Jane Curtin, uh, all of those people, and Gilda Radner, mm-hmm. and seeing them do that and people loving it, I just thought that's the greatest thing ever. Was that what you wanted originally, though, to be specifically in a group? Because you were in a group with Corky I was, and I, but I thought it wasn't. We were never a sketch group. I, I like we did sketches in Corky and the Juice Pigs. We also did music and we did uh, stand up and a trio of kind of stand up stuff. But 
I guess the first things I saw was like sketch troops, you know, and Second mm-hmm. City as well. I loved Second City, and that was like it's just from Toronto. You you could this could happen, you know. You could make a chat. You could uh, uh, you, you could possibly take the step from being funny in Toronto and then end up on television. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, you know that was a crazy concept at the time. We're right beside the building. We could spit and it would land on the main stage. That is correct. Yeah. And, uh So that was. All of the, I guess sketch was the first thing I really loved to watch. You know, uh, I loved Robin Williams in their back in the day when they had put out LPs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I had a couple of like I used to love watching back when there were only three channels. You know, one of the things that was on was uh, Johnny Carson. I loved Johnny Carson because and it always we waiting for the comic to come on. They don't, when they have a comic on, it was just the best. And so that's where I saw people like uh try, I'm drawing a blank, but Robin Williams was on there. Steve Martin performed on mm. on uh, uh Joey Bishop. You know, that whole also the the 70s was full of you know variety shows like carol burnett and uh i was a huge tim conway fan and i got to work with him on a pilot with ellen degeneres it was really fun he was just hilarious one of the funniest people i've ever seen and uh also dean martin's roasts where they just have you know they're nothing compared to the Friars roast as far as, you know, filth and, and vitriol. But it was really just funny to see these celebrities doing, do, cracking each other up. I was expecting you to say Jonathan Winters, which made me think of the Jonathan like, Winters, Martin absolutely, show. yeah. Because he had, he was really like, under the wire subversive. Oh, yeah. Dean Martin would be drunk. So if he could get Dean Martin to like, curse on stage, then he could curse too. Or yeah. he could... Uh, be a filthy grandmother that loved sex or a yeah like he was he would played he played women characters men characters he was he did everything and he was so strange you know and you've got the feeling he was making it up right on the spot and uh, that was just awe-inspiring to me did um because we were talking about uh monty python smart to be silly uh do you find that a being silly yourself and i don't I've heard you curse in real life. I've yeah. never heard you do anything like that on stage. Does being clean and silly allow you to go deeper and darker? I think it does. I think when you're you're kind of misleading people in in a way that you can get away with more if it sounds like you're a good, you know, solid, clean citizen. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I sometimes swear, very very rarely on stage, but I try to. Imagine my mom's in the audience, so then I you know, try not to swear too much. And I also think it's lazy. I think it's a little lazy. And I don't know, everything about performance for me is like maybe you should dress a little better than the audience. You should try a little harder. You should, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard uh, in a lot of ways. So that's that's just my philosophy. Yeah, uh, 100% people paid to see you. Um, especially now that it's, uh, such politically divisive times is that sure. like a gift to be silly where you get like a carte yeah. blanche to just well i don't know if people take you as seriously i mean you probably don't get as enough as much cred as someone who's really political but i i don't know i've never been pol- political even you know before this horrible time yeah so I, and also it's so easy to make fun of say donald trump he's 
he's making it for you. Oh, the punchline is the 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 headline is the punchline. Like absolutely. The, uh, after the, I, I saw on a newsstand the other week of the let's nuke hurricanes. Yes, I I'm know. Like, that's a good one. The Onion has got to be just like drinking at 5 a.m. Just What can we say that's funnier than that? Yeah. No, nothing. There it's is- sad. But, you know, I think uh, I, I think people will find it refreshing that you're not doing, you know, I think uh, entertainment is always at the worst of times. You go and be able to forget what is bothering you. Yeah. And I try and provide that, you know. Do uh, Because you also have a, a rather storied writing career. Um, when you pitch stuff, because again, being a silly person, you tend to be very high concept Mm -hmm. of a very silly premise. So how do you pitch things? Well, it's been hard because I've kind of over the years, it's been beaten out of me. I did my first show. I was given kind of given carte blanche to be as weird as I could be. And CBC were like, yeah, just go weirder and weirder. Yeah, the Sean Cullen show. And I wanted to make something that was kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but also kind of harkened back to like the old Jack Benny show or, uh, you know, old timey uh, early television shows where people walk in the door and you go, oh, it's, you know, Steve Allen. Hello. And, uh, you know, it was really that. And I wanted it to be so strange. And then I just knew, now I know, that it's too strange for Canada. Canada can't handle it. Like the audience is just like, I don't like this. It's annoying. It makes me angry. But then they'll go and watch uh, Tim and Eric and, you know, just eat it right up. Well, okay, can I pay you a compliment? Oh. It's, um, uh, I grew up, I saw that show first. And then somebody showed me it's Gary Chandling's show. Oh yeah, in the reverse order. I'm like, well, that's just Sean's show, but there's all these extra rules and structure. Yeah, I love that it's Gary Chandling's right. show. Yeah, I just remember one episode where some, he found out that someone was going to be killed in the scene, fourth <laughs> scene, and so he kept make, trying to stop the scenes from going forward, and but they'd accidentally go to the next scene, and he'd be getting more and more upset. It was really good, but I, you know, that's what I, I loved that show. Uh, I think mine was a little more crazy, like weirder, but, uh, yeah, but I just had, when I remember going into the CBC offices and I said, well, you know, people, people don't like this show. They told me, (laughs) and I said, okay, well, I can fix this. I can do this. And they said, no, we're, you're not, you don't seem to understand. There's no way we're making any more Sean Collins shows. And I said, oh, well, good, good. So the... You know, I think if I re-released it now, it, the the mainstream has come so much closer to where I'm at with that show. Right. I think it would go down a lot better. I'd well, like to I was get trying it. to find episodes of it online, and mm. it, it it's a shame because I always thought of it as like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but it also had some Rocky and Bullwinkle in there. Yeah, like, there's some strange. There's a Sasquatch in it. Mm-hmm. There was an evil uh, temptress next door. <laughs> it, uh, it was really fun. I just had a great time writing it. And I, I, you know, I'll never get this chance again. But I wrote every episode, and uh, we had a band on the set that we played music. That was a huge part of it. The show when we were shooting it was so much fun. The audiences had such a good time, but. Uh, you know, it was hard to kind of shoehorn all of that uh, entertainment into 22 minutes yes. for uh, for the CBC and again the, C- the Canadian audience. People always say Canadian audiences, they're re- Canada's really funny. Like it isn't. They, they really <laughs> don't have a great sense of humor. I mean, I, so I think a lot of the time, 
they're it's very prosaic you know they're like people with wigs on be i'm the prime minister you know that kind of yeah oh that's funny is it sort of we make funny comedians but we're too repressed to like actually well it's a, a function also of the size of the country i think because we only have 36 million people so trying to make a fringe hit is not going to make anybody any money. So you want something that pleases the most people possible. And that's like a sitcom about a family. Or, uh, you know, this is torn from the headlines. You know, that kind of stuff. One thing I've noticed about uh, a lot of the material you've been workshopping lately... Mm-hmm. Is me is, weeping? Well, talking about depression, oh, specifically. Yeah. yeah. So is that newer? And- yeah, for sure. Well, I don't. I don't think I ever talk about myself in my act. I usually talk about, you know, in um, the most general and weird terms. I talk about situations mm-hmm. like trying to lose weight and by the, making up weird diet, you know, slash physical exercises that I have to do. But right. in depression, I, like I do have to suffer from depression. I take medication and stuff like that and i went through a divorce about five years ago and i'm still you know reverberating through my life and it's it's not great but i tried to couch it in something that's more like weird like i am like i have talk about you know dating a raccoon for a while that's fun so i try and skew it more towards my weird world i too am on medication what do you take on on three i have two oh Okay. Well, pick your favorite one. Well, uh, Citalopram? Oh, I'm Sertraline. Cymbalta. Do you have Cymbalta? I, don't, I haven't had that one. Cymbalta oh. and Abilify are mine. I might have to take Abilify because it's switching over to... Uh, I'm, I'm actually bipolar now. Oh, so they sweet. Made a whoopsie daisy. Yeah, I'm waiting for the up Oh, that's the one. That's, the, uh, that's what you were talking about on stage the other right. day. They gave you the wrong medication, but they said, don't stop, stop taking, taking it, it or you'll die. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. And, and my, my doctor ended the uh, voicemail message with, but you can drink again. Oh, so that's, that's good. Fun. Um, because drinking is great for people who are bipolar. They, <laughs> it really bo- gives them a big boost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Good, was, thank you, doctor. Have Now that you're on the medication, uh, something I love asking is, uh, did you have to retrain your brain for creativity? Well, I, th- I you know, it's hard to say because I've been on set medication for a long time for depression. And... I guess I've always been depressed, <laughs> but um, I don't think there was a huge retraining process. I think there. I, I went through a long period right after my divorce a few years ago where I was just like, I don't feel funny about anything anymore. Yeah. And then coming back to it now, you know, having to write this new show and write, continue to write and create things. For a couple of years, I was just like, oh. This is terrible. I'm not funny at all. What's so funny about anything? And then finally, I've kind of come to terms with all of that, and I'm I'm making things again and finding out what I find funny again. So does that make any sense? I don't know. No, no, that's a perfectly good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's jump to a, a funner, silly one. Because you've had such, like, written for TV, mm-hmm. you uh, hosted a radio show. I loved uh, What Were They Thinking? Oh, yeah, I loved that, that show, too. That was a too. good show. Is there, is there a spot where you feel the most comfortable? 
Well, I loved what we were they thinking. It was kind of we went around to small towns around Canada and people who'd built giant frying pans or sasquatches or I like the squirrel bridge a lot. The squirrel bridge with those three guys, the yeah. creepy guys in the uh in the barbershop quartet who would sing songs about the squirrel bridge. Yeah, they were weird. Uh so yeah, I I I love that. I love those I love talking to people. You know, I did a Christmas special back for the CBC when before they realized that they didn't think I was funny anymore. Yeah. At that point, they I did a Christmas special for my own hometown in Peterborough, Ontario, mm-hmm. and I went around with a, a representative of the city who's like a you know their tourist or chamber of commerce person, and. I gave her a tour of Peterborough and told her what actually the things were, and it was quite fun. And I love that kind of interacting with the public sort of stuff, you know. Uh, and my show involved talking to the audience quite a bit, the Sean Cullen show. Right. I liked that as well. And the radio show. In the radio show, I talk and talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love the immediacy of, of live audiences. I, th- I mean, it's fun to do live comedy. It's been strange, you know, doing this because I've been having to come up with bits, you know, over the last few months. I don't feel as free as I have been in the past. Like, I don't feel like I'm improvising and connecting with the audience as much as I usually do. So we'll see if these hour-long shows give me a little bit more opportunity to do that. Well, because I was going to ask if the Sean pod is coming back. Well, the Sean pod will come back. I just, I got tired and I liked it. I like doing the Sean pod. It's just hard to get all the elements together and do it. Mm. I've it's gone through a few iterations. One's just me sitting in a room talking to the, to the recorder. That was fun. I enjoyed. And uh, then there's the live pod I do with Mark Edwards where we play music and, you know, do games with the audience and stuff like that. Right, a comedy bar. Yeah, and we did uh, also a, a version that was like a, a trivia show. We did a, trivia, a few trivia episodes, which were quite fun. But it's just getting all the people. And I've been working on doing this new show, so I've kind of let it slide a bit. But I will come back to do more pods. Uh, because you like started performing in the eighties, nineties, and you're very improv based uh, stand up. Like you fit comfortably into both worlds. Did you find that there was a huge? Well, there was a huge divide between improvisers and stand ups. But did you have to deal with that? No, you know, no. I auditioned for Second City way back in like nineteen eighty seven or eight, and I didn't get past the process, the first process. They didn't make it through the audition, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always done lots of improvisation, but never really done theater sports. Like, I understand the tenets of right. theater sports, but I never really did, like, transformation of who and stuff. I just dabbled in it. I've always been a fringe character in that world. But I think it's become a lot more fluid. I think people go back and forth as they need to to make money and to, you know, create, be creative. There's a lot more stand-ups doing improv and improvs doing improvers uh, getting into the stand-up world it's and i think people are trying to discover formats it's more you know things like now that the comedy bar exists in mm-hmm. toronto there's a place for people to go here's my format for a show like whoopsie uh what whoopsie oops, that's a whoopsie oops that's mark. a whoopsie yeah which is mark little's show and just panel shows and trying things and you know, what's the one to catch 23 and all of these shows have a place to live and, and develop. And they are hybrid shows of improv and stand up. You, uh, 
you involve the audience in your bits quite a lot, especially on the Sean pod. Do you think that with uh, the new culture we're having where everyone wants a bit of fame, everyone has a YouTube channel, everyone has a, that pulling people up on stage or or talking to them has become so much easier because... Well, people are a lot more open to it, certainly, and then and I think they yeah there's a culture of you know participation that there wasn't before probably, uh, but a lot of you know thing about the YouTube world and everything it's not really trained people you know no. they're just like they know how to use a YouTube camera and to do an inset camera while they watch another video and then comment on it. I don't my daughter loves them like just watches them endlessly and I'm just like I don't I get I understand what's going on I just am not amazed by it you know. My little cousins loved the uh, the Minecraft oh, yes. explanation ones. I'm just like, but you could just play the game. And then figure it out yourself. Yeah. TDM, Dan TDM, and the mm-hmm. Diamond Minecart. You know more than I do. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, um, I was going to, again, because you've had such a, a long, strange career, uh, I just want to ask, who's the most interesting person in your phone? In my phone? Yeah. doesn't have to be a comedian. Andy Kim, do you ever have you ever heard of Andy Kim? Yeah, he's a musician. He's pretty interesting. He did uh, "Rock Me Gently," the song "Rock Me Gently." He's from Montreal originally. Mm-hmm. He's of uh, Lebanese descent. He became a, a rock star <laughs> in the '70s, and now he does Christmas shows in Montreal and Toronto for charity. And I host them sometimes. Oh, but he's a very interesting fellow. And uh, who else is interesting? Oh, geez. Andy Kindler's a pretty interesting guy. My favorite shows I've seen are when you and Kindler are on the same bill. I love him. He's just one of my favorites. He's so strange, like just so self-deprecating and... The, he just twists the whole idea of stand-up and turns it on itself, and it's just amazing. Right. What's something you've just never been asked that you've always wanted to be asked? Something, I don't know, you were trying really hard at that no one noticed? or? Jeez, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something I'd like to be asked about. I like when people ask me about my books and stuff like that. I've wrote, written five novels for young adult readers, and I've written a new one. And they're all about my children. Mm-hmm. My first one's, uh, my son is now going to be 19 years old. He's Hamish. So I wrote three books for him called the Hamish X series. Then my my son, Brendan, who's just turning 12, he's a guy. I have two books of his. And then I've written a novel for my daughter, Cleopatra. And I'm trying to get it published now. But uh, those are the things I really feel proudest about because... It's hard to write a book and uh, hard mm-hmm. to to get from one end to the other. And then when you finally see it on this bookshelf, you're like, wow, this is real. Because they involve your children. Is that the most personal thing? It's very personal. And also the amount of work you have to do in, in isolation. And when you finally achieve it and it's done and it's been edited and it's now going to the printer, yeah. it's a pretty amazing achievement. You feel very good about yourself, even if you have no right to. Do you have anything in life that you're just fascinated by that has nothing to do with comedy, like a hobby or a oh, just something you know too much about? Well, I'm a big nerd for. I love role playing games, tabletop role playing games, okay. like Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. But yeah. not, I never really liked Dungeons and Dragons per se. I liked all of the other peripheral ones that were like. There's one for Conan. My, I love Conan the Barbarian and oh, okay. Robert E. Howard. Mm-hmm. There's one called Call of Cthulhu, which is all about H.P. Lovecraft's world of 
you know, eldritch horror. And I love that one. Um, I, I, I just love book well, like role playing games. I like to read the books and know all the rules and all that stuff like that. Although I rarely get to play them, but that's fun. Well, I guess that's, that's that, enough. That's enough. All right. Thank you for talking to me. Thank Sean. you. Showbizmonkeys.com.